I have been so excited about today's episode and I feel it is one that cannot be missed. I feel it's one we have to listen to again. We have to share with our friends and our family. And it's, it's a topic around which we all know that we have got to stay incredibly vigilant, but one which we can also find exhausting to keep up with. Today's guest has devoted his life to extensive research and resources to help us keep up with and feel confident about parenting in the digital age. Chris McKenna is a husband, dad of four, and the founder and CEO of Protect Young Eyes. His mission is to show families, schools, and churches how to create safer digital spaces in a way that leaves us feeling like we are completely capable of keeping our family connected and protected. With Chris and his team of experts as our guides, with over 1,300 presentations to schools, and their extensive resources as our tools, we really can feel confident about leading our family safely where we want them to go. Come along, friend. Let's grow. You know those days where you just feel so overwhelmed and tired from all the busy and you just want to multiply the time you do have to create more time for intentional words and family dinners and quality time together? And do you just need to know that you really can keep your family close and your faith strong in today's world? Welcome to Families That Stick Together. Just step right over the random pile of clothes, turn right past the paper still out from last week's school project, maybe don't look at the sink, and make yourself at home, friend. I'm your host, Jennifer, wife to my high school sweetheart, mama four, and creator of Together Moments, where we took our same worries and figured out the answer to slowing down, keeping family time a priority, and creating deep connection through solid communication, even among all the busy. The answer is to gather moments, and we want to come alongside your family as you lay your foundation. If you're ready for time to slow down, intentional moments to overflow, and all of this to feel easy in your real life, then welcome, friend. With your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee, I can't wait to spend my time with you. And now my mom, who loves going on bike rides with me, Jennifer Zumbiel. So you know that when I have a guest on our episodes, I always ask a together sticker question. And I, when I record with them, I ask it at the very beginning of our recording, and then I edit it into the middle. So I find a little point to break in, and I insert it, and then we continue with the interview. That's what you hear. Well, I... Ask Chris our together sticker question at the very beginning. And then we went on with the episode. And when I went back to edit it, there was no clear break where I wanted to break into our conversation. I felt like it was very serious, very good. And I didn't want to distract from all of that and, and break that up. As you listen to this, you will just hear Chris's heart. You will see his passion in what he does. You will feel it in his words. And I want you to walk away knowing that Chris is such an advocate for us as parents in this journey. And he feels the same way we do. As a dad of four, he really 
can get into the heart of what we feel as parents and what we need. And he is giving to that, that to us. And so when you hear the sticker question, it's really lighthearted. And I wanted to keep that in the, the beginning. So I'm going to play that first. But I also want you to know that in this episode, he talks about there being two ways to wrap our children in protection. And one is relational solutions. One is technical solutions. And he will get into that. But having these questions in your family and having this at your fingertips to get your kids to open up about things, get yourself to open up in a way that feels natural and doesn't feel forced. And it just happens because a sticker asks you to talk about, to talk about it is such a beautiful gift you can give your family. These stickers are designed to make you be able to have the those moments together where you are constantly building that relationship, building that foundation so that when our kids do have something they need to come talk to us about, the doors have been open and they've been open for many years. That is why these stickers are so beautiful. As always, you can go to togethermoments.com. We have free shipping through the end of June with the code SUMMER23. Head over there, pick those up for your family, create those ways to continue building those relationships so you have those in your hand already when you need them. I really hope that you find this episode to be such a blessing to your family and that you find Protect Young Eyes to be a resource for your family for many years to come. This bonus question with Chris comes to us from To Gather for Family Dinner and our fill-ins category. Chris, how would you answer this for your family? The appliance in our house that needs to be bigger is blank because blank. Oh gosh, okay. I don't even know if this is an official appliance or not, but for you know dads that might listen to this, or, or others, they'll go, well, yeah, of course it's an appliance. I'm gonna say the toaster oven because you can do so much with a toaster oven if you're a lazy cook like I am and you just wanna throw more chicken nuggets in or more, you know, uh, uh, you know, taquitos in there. So I think the toaster oven is an undervalued, underappreciated, like we need uh, you know, uh, a toaster oven with an Alexa and with a small screen on it, right? The toaster oven should be the center of attention in any kitchen. So my wife, Andrea, would probably kill me for saying that because that's like a lame way of cooking. But I'm going to go with the toaster oven, Jennifer. How's that? <laughs> I like it. Okay. Is that because you'd rather turn that on than the actual big oven? Well, it's, it was made for a guy like me. I just want to turn a knob. Like I, 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 can, I can do that. I can turn a knob and usually there's really easy poster oven instructions on something where it says turn the knob to this number and then like walk away for 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, I can handle that. I got it. <laughs> That's funny. Welcome back to the show, Chris. I really appreciate you making time for Families to Stick Together. Again, as everyone knows, you appeared in episode 40, which was quite a few episodes ago. And that was titled Our Children's Hearts and Minds, Technology's Battle and Your Fight. This is always such an important topic for us to bring to our audience. Thank you for being here. 
Yeah, you're welcome. I, yeah, that I had to be reminded of the number there. I mean, how awesome for your podcast that you have continued. You've got this many episodes now, and I'm really happy to be back. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's been so fun. I know we're over 200 now, which is wow. It's an exciting feat. I have very much enjoyed all my guests, bringing people back, just interacting. It's, as you know, it's such a gift to be able to share in this way. For sure. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm excited to talk. All right. So we know you're the expert in a subject that parents have a lot of thoughts about. It scares us. It feels impossible to navigate. We wish it would go away. We also find ourselves ignoring it. You help families, schools, and churches create safer digital spaces. I'd love for you to share with us how and why your passion for this keeps on growing? Well, that's because the problems that contribute to the need continue to grow. The total, I'll call it neglect that I see in the technologies that are being created and manufactured today and neglect towards children is just so evident and it's so obvious. I was posting just recently in our Instagram story as we do with the news and there's a messaging app. This is just a small, but I think it's a representative example of a behavior, a mindset that comes out of big tech. Um, And that is there's a messaging app called Signal. Probably not a lot of your followers or my followers. There are a few, but it's uh, a messaging app like WhatsApp or others that is... um, you know, it was popular in a time, um, especially during COVID. Anyway, they now make it as a feature that you can change the app's icon to be like news, weather, or a calculator. Like that's actually a, a feature in it that you can hide the app's real name and identity to be something else. And I, it seems like a small thing, but it's a 12 plus app. You're essentially communicating that it's okay for an app to masquerade as something else telling a 12-year-old with a 12-year-old brain who could download 12 plus apps from the app store that it's okay to take an app that's messaging with other human beings, potentially millions of other human beings, and deceive a parent or somebody else who is looking at your phone that it's just a news app. And that seems like a small thing, but I think it's indicative of a behavior and a mindset is that there are so few, right? One of our taglines is we help families, schools, and churches create safer digital spaces. The reason for that tagline is there are so few digital spaces where we put our children that are actually designed with children in mind. And I just, as I know you do and your family does too, I just believe in the sanctity of childhood. I think it was Bonhoeffer who said loosely that the integrity or the goodness of a culture can be judged by how it treats its children. That's not exactly what he said, but that's the spirit of what he said. And I just believe in that so strongly. And we live in a time where we are every day creating more and more ways for children to be exploited in more and more gruesome and graphic and horrible ways. Um, I was just talking about this yesterday with somebody who I work with where there's a movie that's coming out and depending on when people listen to this, it may or may not already be out yet but it's on the issue of um, child sex trafficking. And Jennifer, there is a depth of evil and depravity attached to that issue that is hard to comprehend. And so we 
are responsible for this. We are the adults responsible for these issues. We have created, we've allowed these things to run rampant. I'm not saying anybody listening to this personally, I'm not intending to cast shame or guilt on anybody. But I just feel this immense responsibility to do my little part <laughs> in my little lane to help parents understand some of the truth behind these digital spaces that masquerade in the same way that app masquerades as news. We have all kinds of digital spaces masquerading as okay for children and they simply are not. Gosh, I, I can just hear in your voice. I can see in your face through this video, the passion that you have for this and how it has affected you. And first, thank you because, you know, I have you on here for a lot of reasons. One of them is for this very simple fact that I and someone listening here are not capable of looking at all, figuring all this out and even knowing what is out there that could even attack our children. And so thank you for devoting your life. Truly, sincerely, thank you for that. It is such a gift. And I know it has not been an easy road for you. It's not easy to continue to keep pursuing something like this that can probably feel, um, well, I know it feels so worthy, but it it can sometimes feel probably a little bit thankless in, in any time we, we set out to start our own business and things like that. So yeah, I have nothing more to say than thank you for that. You're welcome. But I appreciate one of the greatest gifts I think you do in your line of work is finding these things that like you said, we wouldn't even know that so few of these things are designed with children in mind. They're just not. And we put our trust into all these things. And I hope that in the world we live in, many of us parents have figured out we we just got to stop trusting that these companies are producing a product that's worthy of our family and handing it off to our children. But you're really taking the time to help us not miss these things and make sure our children really are protected. And that is what I want this episode to be about. I want parents to walk away feeling like they have a a resource in you and that if they just follow someone like you and they follow protect young eyes, that is really so much of what they can hold on to, to feel confident here. And this goes into the next thing I want to ask about, you know, we don't know what we don't know. I found that to be such a hard part of parenting. You, you know, that feeling when all of a sudden you find out about something that, oh gosh, I, I should have been on top of that, but I had no clue it was a thing. And then we're playing, we're backtracking and we're playing defense instead of offense. And we're always trying to catch up. So maybe just tell us two things or more, but just a couple of things that you think parents don't even know about right now in the digital world that we really need to be aware of and, and stay on top of whether, I mean, this could be a wide range because some listeners here have children that are elementary or younger and some have teens. So I know sure. this could be a wide spectrum, but it's also useful for us, us to just stay on top of those things that are looming in the distance. So I, I don't, I'm not going to answer the question, you know, probably as precisely as, as I could, but I'll just share a few things that come to mind. I think number one, there's, 
it's impossible to talk to your children about how they use technology and how technology uses them too frequently. So like when it comes to you don't know what you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. Therefore, you must be persistent and consistent with talking to them about all of the things. One of the things that we say, you've heard us say this, is that if they're not finishing your sentences or rolling their eyes at you yet, then you're not saying it enough. And I want us to be in that mode of of parenting in the digital age that there are very few issues as persistent as the algorithm, as persistent as the, the digital ads that are targeting us as persistent as the data mining and information gathering that is taking place about all of us, right? That there, there are very few things that we need to be more um, on top of, you know, in the lives of our children. And so I want us to be ridiculously persistent as parents in our curious, not condemning, our curious questions, our little nudges, our little drips of, How's it going? How you doing? Anytime we're car, you know, car time, meal time, or bedtime, shoulder to shoulder, preferably with our kids, where we're driving somewhere, sitting somewhere, walking somewhere, talking somewhere, just saying, hey, anything you tell me? Have you seen anything that's bothered you? Like we are always persistently looking for ways to break through and have conversations. And if we get no response, they just need to know all the time that the door is always open because the enemy drops in completely unexpectedly in the lives of our kids all the time and not just through technology, but in other ways too. And so I think that's one of the defenses we have against that truth, which is you don't know what you don't know is to, you know, be that parent. I don't care what it takes. I mean, set a reminder on your calendar. We think of how precise we are with when we need to be at certain sports practices. Where are the reminders on our calendar that says, ask our kids about porn today, ask our kids about whether or not they've seen anything on YouTube that makes them uncomfortable today. Where are those kinds of things on our calendar that actually are a thousand times more important when it comes to the hearts and minds of our kiddos? Now, I'm not trying to dismiss the extracurriculars and the music lessons and the recitals and the graduations and the grad parties and all the things that Andrea and I are also trying to keep our kiddos involved in too. I'm just saying that if I were an alien, I'm not saying they exist because people get all excited about that too. I'm not trying to get you a bunch of, you know, <laughs> angry messages, Jennifer here, but I'm saying just imagine for a minute, right? Some other being shows up on planet earth and all they had was five minutes to look at your calendar to judge what's important to you. What would they see? Now, some of you will say, well, Chris, that's not the tool I would use in order to do that. I have a reminder set on my phone. Okay, show it to me. I have a reminder set on my Apple Watch. Okay, show it to me. I'm just saying that if somebody only had five minutes to judge where your time, treasure, and attention is focused on, just by looking at the things that you've prioritized in your day, would they think that guarding the hearts and minds of your children against some of the evils of technology is important to you? Would they see any evidence that you are trying to combat this, I don't know what I don't know, through your behaviors and through your parenting techniques. And again, this I, I, I want to be really careful. I'm not trying to say to everybody listening who's going, oh, I don't do those things. Okay, good. Now, what in the next 48 hours can you do in order to turn that and to do something different? So 
slightly different way than maybe you know you expect. I didn't give you like kind of a one-two in terms of responding to that, but I want us to sort of embrace that significance so that we can try to identify the things that we don't know in what I hope is a really effective way. Actually, I think that was a really great answer because we take care of that and that takes care of everything else that I was asking you about because we're staying on top of it. That was making me a little emotional. Oh, it's going to make me cry because it is so maddening to watch what this world and the secular world and the technology, what this is capable of doing to our children and destroying their childhood and taking their innocence. And it is, it is really so maddening. And I think as a parent, there's um, different, you know, there's been points in my life where I've felt so strongly and, and I'm going to stand up and fight against this. And I'm going to do this. And then there's parts there. And I'm not proud of this at all as a parent, but where it's just so exhausting to even think about it. And you just want to not look at it, not think about it, not try to place myself there as the parent. But then it's at the expense of not staying on top of it for what my children can be exposed to when I'm not around, if that makes sense. So I think that there's, um, this conversation can, like you said, it cannot happen too frequently and it can't happen too frequently for us as parents to immerse ourselves in someone the presence of someone like you and keep having this come up to us. And it also can't, you know, we have to keep doing this on with our children. And I appreciate you saying, let's set the reminder, ask our kids, what have you seen today that made you question this or feel uncomfortable? I love that. Thank you for that idea because it is something that is so easy, so simple, but we don't think about it in exactly that way. So I think your answer, your answer was wonderful. Thank you for that. And I know you feel it, you know, as a, another, uh, I'm, I'm a dad of four, you're a mom of four, we feel it, right? Um, eight little humans here that we're trying to keep, um, you know, not wrap a bubble around them. They need to be in the world, but not overwhelmed by it I you know there's a balance there but it's we sometimes make really that we sometimes make decisions even as good family loving god-fearing parents that just don't make any sense it's cognitive dissonance right that we have issues with whether it's identity or gender or whatever it is but we give young children tiktok right we have issues with um, you, you know, the friends and the behaviors of our kids, or whatever, but we let them have a smartphone. Like we make, we have children with children's brains, children's behaviors at a childlike development. And we put them inside of digital spaces that were made for adults. And then we get upset when they act like children. It makes no sense. These spaces were not designed for them in the first place. They are by nature exploitive. They are not protective. We have to hunt for protection. And that's the part that's so difficult and maddening. And so I just, 
I want us to embrace what can be so good about technology, but never trust it for a minute, right? It, 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 you never turn your back on it. I just, I just yesterday watched this horrifying video. There was a, a, he's a professional lifeguard and he was giving tips through this TikTok video. I was actually watching on how to, he was giving some rescue techniques for people. And he was showing this just horrible video of these young people who on some coast, the East coast or the West coast of the United States, but there was a storm rolling in. And so the waves were tall and crashing. And one of these young adults, maybe upper teen, 18, 19, he walked down this seaside cliff and was standing on this one rock, watching the waves and just being a kid and turned his back for a minute. And it was in that moment, this massive wave came crashing and swept him off of the rocks. And his friends, while recording this, watched in horror as he drowned. He died. They could not find him. The, the wave just, and it was because he turned his back on one wave for one instant, and now he's gone. And I feel like that's the thing. The waves are beautiful from a distance. Nature is beautiful from a distance. And it still must be appreciated and, and respected. You never turn your back on crashing waves for a minute. And that's the same with technology. I don't care if it's called YouTube Kids. I don't care if there's a Disney princess on the app. I don't care if it's a Chromebook that your school gave your kid. You never trust it first. You always are vigilant and skeptical because we just have a now a 30-year history with technology. AI is now here in front of us, right? And people will be listening to this a year from now. And I can't even imagine what it's going to look like a year from now. But here we have unleashed this beast on all digital spaces, right? Even Snapchat has their own AI. And we don't know. Like We don't know much about it. We've just unleashed it and we're going to play with it a little bit and just see what it does to humanity for a little while. And then we're going to try to rein it in. And if we have learned nothing, may we learn that we are really bad at reining things in. I mean, look at the situation we're in right now with legislation, which is a whole different topic. Here we are trying to rein technology in after letting it flourish for 25 years. And it's proving almost impossible. So it was a long, winding answer, but I think the main point there is just to never turn your back on it, right? Never just say, yeah, they'll figure it out. It's fine. It's just a Chromebook from school. Always be vigilant. Mm -hmm. Gosh, yes. Um, what a horrific story to share that has so much tr truth behind it for what we need to look at as parents and not turn our backs on. And it makes me think of you talking about just don't trust the technology. You can't trust it. And what I was talking before about things making me so angry and, you know, my children are ages seven through 15. And I feel like I can't even let them sit and turn on a TV, a TV show on, you know, Amazon prime kids section or something, because even though, well, I guess that one's a little different. You can go to kids. Um, they can go directly to the kids app, but let's say YouTube TV, which is, we don't have cable. We have YouTube TV where all the local channels are on there and stuff, right. but they pull up the little graphics that are horrific images that my children can't get away from 
if they try to turn on their innocent little bulldozer show or whatever. And it's just, yes, I feel like I can't trust anything in, in between an innocent TV show, they throw in a horrible, sexually explicit commercial and everybody is so desensitized. It's no wonder these adults who call themselves adults in control of creating this stuff think it's acceptable because no one even has any boundaries, morals, whatever conversation you want to get into here (laughs) around creating the stuff. No one even has their own boundaries anymore. So why do we expect them to give that to our children? And I think that's where I know we both agree. That's why we can't trust anybody. Yeah, definitely. And well, and this is where I want to maybe pivot the conversation a little bit, because uh, lest we lead people into uh, complete despair, I still want people to go out into nature and to look at waves and to appreciate them, as I still want families to find some sort of balance that works for them. That's why we say we are a pro-tech, protect organization, right? So we delay certain technologies, but that means slow tech, not no tech. We say no to certain digital spaces, but even if you've said no, we teach and educate our kids as if you've said yes, because we don't control all of the waves through a kid's smartphone, so to speak, to keep that illustration going, a friend's smartphone or a Wi-Fi that we don't control or whatever it might be. We don't control where all of those waves are coming from. And so there's two ways to wrap our children, I think, in protection. And they usually fall into categories of either relational solutions or technical solutions. And people often come to us for the technical solutions to decipher parental controls and to decipher the types of routers and software and hardware that can work. And we're happy to provide those kinds of solutions. But those are always secondary in importance and in sequence to the relational side. Now, the only time that changes is if you discover that your child is addicted to something, that they are caught up in pornography, then you lead with the technical because you stop the content from coming in in the first place and you toggle things off and you block the doors and you filter it out and you get that router. That's the only time in crisis, technical leads the way. But in normal day-to-day parenting, relational leads the way and technical follows closely behind. Why? Because you can't control all the doorways. Therefore, you have to make it Again, going back to what I said, ridiculously persistent and evident that no matter what happens to your kiddos, that you are safe, they can come to you. Um, Colin Karchner, someone who you and I knew and was in this space, used to call that kind of bubble, the no trouble bubble, right? Come to me and, and bring me those kinds of issues and just make sure that door is constantly open Um, Because of all of your conversations relationally about technology or consequence, negativity, and yelling, then one of the chances that they're going to come to you when something is hurtful or something is uncomfortable. And it's not only that relationally, but you reinforce the relational words with the practical practice. Because for especially younger kiddos, you know, like you have, my youngest is now 11, so kind of coming a little bit more into an age where he can think abstractly and doesn't need everything so concrete. But for younger kiddos, parents who might be listening to this, caregivers who have more pre and elementary school, they're very concrete thinkers. And so a lot of just words around, tell me if you see pornography, in practice, don't really 
give them the tools that they need. They're great words that should be said, but then you reinforce that with a ton of practice over and over again. As often as you would riding a bicycle by holding the back, right? You actually show them what a Chromebook in their lap looks like and make them pretend they see something that makes them uncomfortable. And you're actually up in your bedroom with the door closed and you make them walk up the steps and knock on the door and say, mom, I saw something that made me uncomfortable. What do I need to do? Like you practice that with them so that they know exactly what to do in that moment. And so I want I want to make sure that everybody listening to this listens this far to hear the hope, <laughs> to hear the the practical and the tactical ways that both relationally and technically we can come against some of these waves that come crashing toward our family. I appreciate you saying, <laughs> let's not make it all <laughs> doomsday. Oh gosh, everybody's against us. But that is really, this has come full circle here because that is really what, uh, why I love Protect Young Eyes and your whole mission is you specifically, I mean, you guys have a phrase, we want you to be connected and protected. So you're not telling everybody to disconnect. Screens are bad. Get them out of here. You, Your mission truly is to help us be proactive in handling all of this, but stay connected, but be protected and we'll give you all the ways to do it, which they can find if they follow you, if they go to your website, if they have you as a speaker, all those things. Another thing I really love that you say is you help parents proactively prepare for the fall. And tell us what that means. Why do you say that phrase? Well, because I think that if we parent as if they're um, uh, you know, a problem is on the horizon. I just think it keeps our head out of the sand, right? I think we, we have, we've got to, if we go back to that sort of wave illustration, I just think if we haven't prepared for a problem, then in the moment, emotionally, our response will be charged. Why? Because in our three sort of layered brain, our reptilian brain, our limbic system, and our prefrontal cortex, right? The thinking part of your brain moves second. The fastest part of your brain is that emotional sort of reaction. After your sort of reptilian sort of survival mode, your emotions kick in next. And if you haven't practiced what to say or what to think in that moment, then you're going to respond emotionally Right? Think of like a really horrible, nasty email you've gotten. What happens? You want to fire one right back, right? And you want to respond right away. We all know that a lot of us would lose a lot of friends and probably a few jobs if that's how we navigated email. <laughs> and so I think parenting is the same way that if you practice mentally, even writing down, we tell parents, imagine every horrible situation that could happen to your kids online. And then imagine an age appropriate way to talk to them proactively about all of those things. I want us to actually sort of envision these things happening and walking through it to practice how you would respond so that in the moment you don't respond with such emotion that you actually turn them away and they won't trust you again. Because all it takes is one response set a certain way to really close that, that door that they're not going to come back to you. The enemy loves to press in on those kinds of things to go, yep, see, I told you you're going to get in trouble. I told you you couldn't bring it to them. I told you and that's the sort of stuff that gets really toxic in the mind of a child. And so that's the spirit of what we're trying to say there is to be ready. Again, 
the same way, we just prepared one of my sons to go on a weekend long uh, hiking trip where they had to hike for three days, everything in and out. They couldn't, they had to bring all their food with them. They had to even learn how to go to the bathroom in the woods and bring everything. Like it was a true full on three day Boy Scout on your own kind of adventure. And all of the preparation and cost that went into making sure he had all the equipment and readiness for this trip, I just think is a small representation of the types of preparation that we need, you know, when it comes to these kinds of issues, just mentally as a parent to be ready for them so that we respond in the same way that our Lord responds to us, right, with compassion and understanding. Yes, consequence, but that balance between grace and truth, you lead with grace and then you follow with truth so that they listen to the consequence but if they first know that they're going to be okay, that you still love them, and then nothing they could do online is going to push them away from you, and then you tell them that they're being grounded or the iPhone is gone or whatever, I just think they're going to listen. They're not going to love it because what kid would? But there's something different about first knowing that you're still loved, that you're still good. I just said that. That's a powerful thing that I want to mention. I had a mom. I don't take a lot of phone calls, but there was something desperate in this DM that I got on Instagram last week. And so I said to the mom here, I'll give you my phone number, give me a call. And so she called and she talked through a situation of her son finding pornography. And we were right in the middle of the conversation and I paused. I said, you know what? I feel like I need to tell you something. And I said, no matter what your son has seen, do you know what? And she said, what? He's still a good kid. And she just broke like that. She just like, needed to be reminded in that moment that he's still a good boy that was confronted with a bad internet that really doesn't care about her child the same way that he does or that that she does. And like that was a turning point for her. That changed her whole demeanor, her posture in talking to him about this because it wasn't then a, I can't believe you did this sort of posture, but a, I can't believe the internet did that to you. And you're still my boy. And like, she just needed to hear that in that moment. And so I think it's easier to feel and to think that way if you've practiced before the stuff actually happens. Yeah, that was just really beautiful advice. And I have a question for you, Chris. You have just um, graduated your oldest child. She's heading off to college. I know that's overwhelming as it is, but you, you've, traveled this parenting journey with the added benefit of making this your life ministry. But would you say to parents, and this is not in a negative way, but just in a a way of preparing as parents and being proactive, like we were talking about, would you just say you should expect the fall to happen in one way or another? Not some, it doesn't mean it's going to be this horrible big thing, but you're probably going to have to confront something at some point. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's true. And, you know, for a parent listening to this, you know, it's not just, it's not just technology. Like I, I think as parents, it's our responsibility to look at the childhoods, uh, you know, to look at our children and we assess risk and then we parent accordingly. So I think that's simply what I'm saying is, you know, I believe that the risk that, technology, digital spaces, internet connected devices presents in the lives of our children is maybe the greatest risk 
to the innocence of our children that's out there. So I'm just simply asking us to parent accordingly, right? And to expect that at some point, the algorithm, a burner device, a friend device, at some point, something's going to slip through. And do we have enough practice and enough preparation in place to, to handle that when that happens? Um, I don't think we need to, you know, yeah, I, I think that's just simply what I'm what I'm saying, you know, is to, yeah, just to to parent as if it could, and then when it does, you're ready. That's it. And be consistent and persistent. And that is what, if we can be consistent in knowing what's out there, following you, doing everything we need to do, having these conversations with our friends, knowing what's out there, just be persistent parents. We're all cheering for you. Let's finish with the one question I ask every guest. What's one thing helping your family stick together right now? Well, we all seem to be focused very heavily on planning my daughter's graduation party. <laughs> it's like the one thing we're all doing in one way, shape, or form, we all have our to-do list. And so, you know, we're we're a family that does a lot of things together. And uh, even planning this, um, it's been a great exercise in, uh, you know, getting everybody on board to do to do different things. And mm -hmm. it's still a couple of weeks away. So we'll, we've got a couple of busy weeks ahead of us, but really looking forward to it. Oh, I love that. I'm sure that that has made everyone made your daughter feel very special and everyone feel like they can be a part of this celebration. Very cool. If we survive it, yes, it will make us feel that way. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody how they can learn more, how they can get you to be a speaker at their school, their church, what they can do in their own home to protect what resources you have. Give them all the things. We do. I have a team of including myself, seven of us that present at schools and churches all over the country, both faith-based and public, but we're very specific on the types of content we share in those spaces. So, you know, people might laugh to know that I have a, a Catholic presentation deck, a Protestant presentation deck, and a secular presentation deck. It just depends on where we are and in, in what community, but we're very big on making sure that we you know, match our expertise with your needs. But we do hundreds of those talks. So if you have a school or a church, K through 12, we speak to students, parents, staff. I do full day professional development sessions with school leadership, um, entire dioceses of principals and safe environments coordinators. Um, I do a number of those four to eight hour sessions as a part of professional development days. But then for individual parents that are listening, um, I'm Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, we will have a, a suite of courses that are available that um, you can come to our website and to find out about. We're just going to be launching um, because as this conversation is happening right now, it happens to be Internet Safety Month. And we're so we're releasing videos that can be watched with kids and parents together, like pre and elementary school and early middle school parents can sit down with your iPhone and watch some videos with your kids to have some conversation because and I'm sure you would agree with this, right? Together, together, right? We do these things together. There's power in that relationship. And so I want parents and kids learning about digital wellness together. And so those videos um, should be available by the time that folks listen to this too. So yes, thank you for all those amazing resources, Chris. Everybody listening right now, end this podcast, 
go over to Instagram, follow Chris, go to his website, pull it up, bookmark it, just hang out there for a little bit, see what he can do for you. As you can tell, Chris McKenna with Protect Young Eyes is so passionate about what he's he's doing and he truly wants to protect your child's young eyes and make you feel confident while you're doing it. You are just um, doing amazing work out there. You're amazing, Chris. Again, thank you for your time here. I know that you have a very busy schedule and we appreciate you making time for us. My pleasure, Jennifer. Uh, Take care. Have a good rest of your day. If you love what you're gathering through these episodes, please screenshot, tag us, share with friends, and leave a review. It is the best compliment you can give us. It is so encouraging, and together we can help grow stronger families. Be sure to follow us at Together Moments on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a DM. Check out all our incredible games and tools and your free family resources at togethermoments.com. As always, take time to gather, together to grow, and speak the words that matter.